Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Reniker, Justin Charles, John Nye, and Josh All. Yo, Dog Pack Faithful, it's time for another episode of Throwback Thursday on the Dogs Podcast. I am your host, Kenny Mack, and I'm going to take you through another freaking awesome time. Before we get started, be sure to check out the Dogs Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Be sure to like this video, drop a comment in the comments section, and let us know what you think. And this week, a bunch of you let us know what you think, so I'm going to get into that in a second. But you guys know how I got started, leaving voicemails on the Dogs website. That website is www.thedogspodcast.com. Don't be afraid. Leave a, leave a voicemail. We love it. Let us know how we're doing. You guys can hit reset too. I've already done like 15 takes on this particular segment as well. So I know you guys can do it. But let's get on with it. If you missed last week, the focus was on Denzel Ward. So check that one out. Can he make the Pro Bowl? And here's the feedback. So, Justin Trimble, 443. I went to high school with Ward. He always wanted the best for his fellow Norian. But I'm thinking retirement might be the best. Hey, man, he's got to listen to the doctors. Again, he's a grown-ass man. He can do what he wants and he can pull in the money. But he's got to worry about his health. But it's overall his decision. So, I hope for the best for him. Again, uh, from a blocked user. Generally worried for his brain. If he can make it through the season with another without another concussion, that'd be a win. It sure would. I'm hoping the best for this guy because we really need him, you know. But again, health is priority. Eric Turner three three seven five. He's a real dog, but injury prone. My only problem, man. Comparing him to other DBs in the league now and even back then, I can even think of Samari Roll off the top of my head, who I was kind of comparing to last week. That guy, near the end of his career, or most of his career, was 13, 14, 15 games. They're always missing two to three games. And it's just the sheer physics. These guys are about 195 pounds across the board. Uh, Samari Roll was maybe 186. And it's just the sheer physics of these offensive linemen that are crashing into them. It just wears their body down. Aaron Butler, uh, 93-73. Marlon Humphrey, greater side than Denzel Ward. Sure, man. I uh, appreciate the witty comment. I mean, I guess he holds more records than um, Denzel Ward, even though I said Marlon is, you know, good for holding. Uh, that being said, you know what, Aaron? How about this? How about you and I make a bet? Uh, some previous episodes ago, you said that the Ravens were going to win 14 games and that was their their floor. Well, man, if you think the ceiling is like 17 and 0, I'll put, a, I'll put some bones on that. Let's put 20 bones on a bet. With the Ravens not winning 14 games. So, if they win 14 or more games, I will pay you $20. If not, you pay me $20. Let me know in the comments if you want to take that up. Uh, next up, Jesse Nash, 25, 14. He says, Canadian, I, I, I is like a pirate, man. We say A, it's E-H. Come on, man. And uh, Justin Charles, he's up next. He actually commented. He's like, Kenny Mack attack. Let's go. Dog check. Well, let's get after it, guys. I'm pumped. So, it's that time of year. Guys, fantasy footballs are flowing. I'm in the Dynasty League in this podcast. Also doing a league uh, with the Kenny Mack attack. So, I got 10 other people. Sorry, 9 other people. 10 plus me. So, we're ready for the Thursday night kickoff. That's probably when this is going to be released. So, what everybody really wants to know. What do you guys want to know about this year? 
Uh, there's only one question. If you are a Cleveland Browns fan, you want to know how the heck they're going to be doing. Well, all we can do is look at what happened last year and the changes that were made and you know what we can expect from that. You can extrapolate a little bit from the preseason. So let's dial it back to last year. Okay, so here last year, before last year started, we came off an 8-9 season, which none of the three phases could get on track. If you remember, Baker Mayfield was still the quarterback, so I'm not talking about last year, I'm talking about the year before, and he just wasn't the answer. I was a huge Baker fan, but it irked me that, that year before last where he said, ah, oh, the injury won't affect my game, but it did, and you should have sit down, but now you're gone, man. He also would finish the year 14 games. He was... 253 for 4.18, 65%, uh, 60.5% completion percentage, 17 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, 3,080 yards, and he sacked 43 times. So those were great stats, maybe for the 90s, but they weren't doing it for the Browns. So as we know, in coming into last year now, there was rumblings already in December while Baker was still the starter that the Browns were trying to pursue Deshaun Watson. Well, the way the story goes, as the season unfolded, the the, the uh, postseason unfolded, during that, the Browns offered him a contract and he turned it down. And at the time, there was a lot of allegations. And as talented as he was, I was personally relieved that I had to deal with all this baggage of these accusations that were hanging all over his head. It just, as it seemed like he was heading back home, I think Atlanta was the number one choice for him, so that's where he was born, or it's where he's from. The Browns did the unthinkable, and they guaranteed him a quarter of a billion dollars, which was insane to the owners, paid a lot of guys off. I think that would have changed anybody's mind. Hell, it would have changed mine for sure. And of course, with the manic nature of the media, and we've touched this on this program before, we were the losers that were unable to get them, and guess what? We were the losers that sign criminals and thugs now. So we just can't win, so go figure. I guess it's Cleveland against the world, right? So from a football standpoint, though, this guy's got buttloads of talent. The Browns ended up giving first three, uh, first, uh, three first-round draft choices, so the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th, while also surrounding two fourths, so in 2022 and 2024, not to mention... A third rounder just passed, 2023. Andrew Barry got a couple big picks back. He, he's, he traded away Case Keenum, Troy Hill, Baker Mayfield. So we ended up getting a seventh, a fifth, and then we ended up getting uh, a fifth in 2024 as well. I think that fifth, if I'm not mistaken, that turned out into Dorian Thompson that we got for Baker. So that was uh, awesome. But... What came out of nowhere was on March 16th, the fact that we got Amari Cooper as well. And we had to just basically give them a fifth and swap six. So that was a steal of a deal, especially what happened last season. We lost eight free agents, the toughest being Jarvis Landry. Man, he was the heart and soul of the team, and it just wasn't the same in the locker room. I mean, Jacoby brought it up a little bit. But if you guys remember him and his speech on Hard Knocks, man, I used to play that for my sales crew when I was in sales a couple of years ago. That would fire me up and I would definitely be selling stuff. I would go to war with that guy. Before we move on, Ohio, Caesar Sportsbook is kicking off the NFL season with a new bet, $50, get $250 in bonus bets. 
limited time offer. New users can sign up with our code DOGSGET, that's D-A-W-G-S-G-E-T, all one word, and you can redeem $250 in bonus bets after placing your first wager of $50 on any NFL game. Even if your first bet loses, you will receive one $50 bonus bet credit each week over the next five weeks. Make sure to enter our code DOGSGET while signing up to have a bet on Caesars every week for the start of the season. That's code dogs get all one word. Offer is only available for new customers who are 21 and older and physically present in Ohio. Please gamble responsibly. If you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you can qualify. The surprise and signing of the 21 free agents we brought in was Ethan Posick. Rated in PFF as one of the top three centers until a midseason injury derailed him. The Browns also had to work quickly by signing a competent quarterback. That signal caller would be Jacoby Brissett. Ah, with that being said, like I was kind of disappointed. I didn't know what to expect with this guy. And while we were building a team, it was super unclear what was going to happen to Sean Watson. You guys remember this? Like it was like a couple games to like some people have seen a couple of years, but no, nobody really knew what was going on. And if you want to, you got to listen to the Dogs podcast because they lay it out crystal clear. So this carried on in the draft, and I'll tell you, I was lucky enough to get down to Las Vegas and be part of that experience. And unlike this year, the Browns moved around a lot. So being in Vegas, it was tough to stay around and seeing any of these picks because it seemed like every time I got in a position to take a picture or see one of these guys, we traded down or traded up or traded out or traded away, and it was a pain in the butt. But while they, the Browns were very active, I'm going to say, like, last year's draft, I think there was a lot of misses. Like, if you take a look at that draft, Martin Emerson, man, heads and tails, winner of that draft class. The rest of it, I mean, Alex Wright's okay. He's still got a lot of development to do. David Bell, I'm not really sure where he is. He seems to have a lot of play on the field by running routes, but not getting a lot of balls his way. So hopefully that changes with Deshaun Watson. Perry and referee, man, you just want to be a thug, and he gone. So see you later, waste of talent. Kate York, loads of talent. But in the end, man, I was August 20th, uh, August 20th. I was at training camp. I was on the side with a bunch of presidents from the Cleveland Browns, from the Browns Backers Club. We're watching this guy kick. His shoulders are down, or then his shoulders are in his head. Th- this guy just didn't seem like he wanted to be here anymore. Next up was Jerome Ford and Michael Woods. They were the fifth and sixth rounds. They're kind of unknowns at this time. And I thought Isaiah Thomas was decent. He's kind of injured and he's on our practice squad. The, the group rounds out with Dawson Deaton, a seventh round pick, and he's just not with the team anymore. So the only other surprise was DeAnthony Bell, and he's a friend of the program and a special teams ace. So not very many hits so far, but we'll see what happens after this season. Once the team rounded out, it was molded during the preseason. The Browns were definitely had some questions that seemed to spill into the regular season. The way it shook out was the Browns finished 1-2. and two. The games finished like this. The Browns won over the Jacksonville Jaguars 24-13. to And that's where, if you remember, Everson took one to the house, basically ripped it out of the receiver's hands. And then the next two games were two close ones, and they were both losses, ironically, both 21-20. to So... Where were you guys' heads at last year? Well, my thoughts were the O-line, sorry, the O can put enough game plan together to stay in games, but the defensive line got pushed around. 
all over the place. We didn't have enough depth and we're blowing coverages, leading to huge plays and touchdowns. That's why we're losing a lot of these games. I was in Cleveland Stadium for the Eagles game, and I can tell you the Eagles look deep and they look good. Their size in the trenches was amazing. And it was great watching Hobbs. He was lighting up the Eagles only to have her deep blow coverage all game, which was a sign of things to come, right? And the frustrating part about the season is none of these things were resolved. And special teams got worse the entire year, it felt like. The season started with DW suspended for six games, and then that was increased by dictator Red Raj after he caved with the social media mob backlash. You know, these are the same people who only read headlines and comments. Ambitiously, though, the dictator extends the extends it only five more games so the NFL can profit off the comeback when he plays guess who? The Houston Texans, right? Can't miss out on that and that money, right, Red Raj? There were some more there were more lowlights and highlights. The Browns finished seven and ten, so fourth in the AFC North. They scored 361 points, and that was about 21.2 points a game, which, I mean, five years ago, I would have gave anything to see 21.2 points a game. That was 18th in the league, and then the defense allowed 381 points, so that was 20 more than uh, we could score. So they were aver- they were averaging a little over 22.4 games allowed, which ranked 20th. So... What's your top dog months? Your top dog games? I mean, the highlights, I think, were beating Baker Mayfield in the first game of the year. The problems, though, in the preseason reared its ugly head. You guys remember, we were up big on Carolina. The Browns' defense would blow two massive coverages and almost sabotage the game. But old Duke of York, Cade York, struts in and smashes a 58-yard field goal to win 26-4. to I don't think I've ever jumped that high in a regular season game in my life. And I was like, man, we finally got a kicker, right? Well, it would end up kind of like Anthony Swartz's first game. You know, he had a heck of a game against the Chiefs, and that was it. So what happened next? I mean, for me personally, it was the Monday nighter. Uh, That was unreal for me. The Browns' D, man, they took it to Joe Burrow. They ran away with that game 32-13. to And the Who Day turned into Boo Hoo Day after that game. And I was tired after that game of hearing all those chants and watching all those guys go home crying was fantastic. The Browns backers group, though, uh, from what I witnessed, there was two games, but I'm going to go over this game. The win over Tom Brady, man, that game was amazing. 23-17 win. It was good to see the Browns kind of band and come together uh, for Jacoby Brissett because... I think at the beginning of the year, we thought the defense was going to be keeping everybody in the game after the way they finished the previous season in 2021. But it was Jacoby Brissett, and I wish the defense could have just done more, but Njoku stepped up and had that amazing catch. But for most of the season, it was kind of like the Jets game. The Browns would do good for three quarters and then blow it in the fourth. Uh, You look at losses to the Jets by one point. Falcons uh, by a field goal. Chargers by two points. The Ravens was also by three points. And that was all before the bye week. And this kind of did us in. Jacoby, like I said, deserved better. And after the bye week, the Browns were kind of a lame duck team that were three games, you know, left with Brissett and kind of having Deshaun waiting in the midst. 
Looking back at it now, though, guys, were we crazy to think that, you know, a 700-day younger Watson would actually come back in or that's something that he played last and then step right in as that 700-day-ago guy and not skip a beat? I mean, we were crazy to think that, right? Like, the Browns would go 3-3 three and three in those games, and there was some promise only to come out with flat, I thought, and a disheartening loss to the Steelers. I don't know about you guys, but that was one of the most disappointing games that I've seen. Uh, the defense just wasn't there. And I mean, I think they kind of gave up on Joe and it showed. This episode is sponsored by Omaha Steaks. Browns fans, you know we've been preaching Omaha Steaks for a long time now, and we're going to keep on doing it because football season is finally here, and it is time to grill out for your tailgates, your fall cookouts, all that great stuff. This is the best season of the year, the best time. Get kickoff ready to rock and roll with Omaha Steaks, and right now they've got their Steak Timber special going on. So head over to omahasteaks.com right now, type dogs, D-A-W-G-S, into the search bar, and you will get two free New York strip steaks with your order. Get their Steak Timber Special right now for just $129.99. It comes with two butcher's cut filet mignons, two butcher's cut top sirloins, eight pure ground filet mignon burgers, four caramel apple tartlets, and of course, the amazing Omaha Steak Seasoning. I'm actually about to order this right now as soon as I get done recording this ad. This stuff is the absolute best meat you can possibly order. We've got people in our Discord all the time saying, thank you for turning us on at Omaha Steaks. It's the best stuff ever. I mean, for the money, you can't get better meat than Omaha Steaks. So like I said, head over to omahasteaks.com right now, enter promo code DOGS into the search bar, and when you order their Steak Timber Special, you will get two free New York strips with our code. That's omahasteaks.com, promo code DOGS, in the search bar. Okay, dog pack. So let's shake last year off. We've had enough of it. We've been over and over and over it, but we had to get it fresh in our head because to move on, we got to know what happened, right? But I want to know how pumped you guys are. Hit us up in the comments. And after hitting the Hall of Fame game for me and getting two training camps, man, I'm super pumped to see what we have got this year. And one could argue that, you know, if it wasn't for a kicker, uh, we would have been 4-0. And I know, I know, we were 0-16, I think, last time we went 4-0, uh, you know, when we were the preseason studs. I think we did it back-to-back years with Hugh Jackson. He was like the Ravens. They never lost in the preseason, except he didn't win in the, in the, in the when it counted, right? So I'm not sure last year what it was, but uh, maybe it was a mulligan, but you know what the old ball coach says, Herm Edwards, you play to win the game. So after the extension of the Deshaun Washington suspension, I just think that the Browns team was kind of in limbo and the Pittsburgh game signaled that the players just weren't bought anymore and worn out with all the hoopla, right? Well, okay, whew, got that off my chest. So all the candidates out there, the Browns got it right with Schwartz for defensive coordinator. I mean, we were thinking about bringing in a whole bunch of younger guys, but you know what? We already played a 4-3. The biggest weakness on the team was the D-line and the pass rush. We only had 34 sacks. They should hit 40 easy this year. Schwartz can call whatever he wants, but he needs players. And boy, did Andrew Barry ever step up with this. So how do we decipher all this? I just gave you a buttload of information. Number one is the free agents coming in. I think we address more this year than we did last year. 
We couldn't stop the run. So what do we do? We get Dalvin Tomlinson. We get Maurice Hurst. He's still a really an unknown. We also get Sayaki Ika. He was hard to move in the offseason and by these all these fourth and fifths, maybe even second stringers. He's tough to move. Then we need to finish off sacks. We were getting pressures last year. These guys are decent, but you got Miles Garrett. He seems to clean up well. Then you add in Zadarius Thomas. You also add, uh, add in Obo. He should be able to be part of that NASCAR package. You can get lighter guys in the middle on long passing downs so we can sack the quarterback. The other thing is, is these guys are sitting guys down, which is fantastic. They're tackling. On offense, they're, they're bottling up Nick Chubb. So we got some speed guys to open this up and Deshaun Watson's leg. So that's the summary. But now listen to this. The, the proof is kind of in the pudding here. What I see happening is you're getting more chances because the D can get off the field. How do I know this? Well, if you look at last year, the Browns, the pass offense, what was the average? Pass defense, sorry, 7.4. They're allowing 7.4 in the preseason. How did that go in the offseason? Well, they allowed 6.8, slightly less. You're not going to get off the field, right? You're also allowing 4.7 yards at carry versus 3.9 in the in the preseason. So they're not they're they're not doing well, but things are going down. The defensive scheme should drive more pressure and more sacks. The INTs were almost triple from last year. So we take a look. I know there's more games, but look at this. Last year we threw one interception. The defense got two interceptions. This year, we got seven interceptions, and we, two, we, two, we threw for three, right? So I know there was an extra game in there, but it, I think it made a big difference with the pressure. The starting D, like I said earlier, they're sitting guys down, and they're going to force more three and outs. If there's more three and outs after a full offseason, the O-line should be ready now to get used to a running quarterback. All across the all phases between Mond who was the least of the rudder, Dobbs, uh, Dorian Thompson, and uh, Deshaun Watson. All these guys run. They're all fast. They can make first downs with their legs. You have the entire uh, offseason to work that. So now we also have like playbooks, right? So the playbooks with Deshaun, now the tor- um, uh, uh, our number two quarterback, they can run basically the same offense. DTR is what I wanted to say. And now we got some speed guys. So we saw a little bit of it, but no, no one's a burner like I think Goodwin and Moore. So these guys can keep defensive defenses honest. And the biggest thing that I noticed is while I know the difference between the preseason as a game, okay, but we got to look at the percentages. So last year, the Browns defense, they allowed a whopping 64% passes completed. Where this year, they only allowed 56.5. Well, how did that translate? Last year, there was almost 700 yards of passing offense. This year, there was 870. So there's only a difference of 170 yards between three and four games. So that's pretty good. That being said, what was the yards average? If we take a look at last year, it was 7.4 yards they were allowing. This year, it's 6.8. And those are, these are just preseason. These are guys doing basic, uh, using basic schemes, but they're buying into Jim Swartz's system. 
So overall, you can see improvements. And yeah, yeah, I know it's just preseason. But if you see improvement from one year to another, just in the basics, I think that's going to translate into the season. So last year, here's what the offense did. They were 355 for 540 for 6.9 yards. Only 12 interceptions, got sacked 44 times because Jacoby wasn't the fastest. And for an 84.9 yard rating, right? The difference between preseasons is 75 to 82. So we're seeing an uptick between the preseasons. So it'd be fair to say that Deshaun could go up to 89 for a rating and get sacked less. Could he have more interceptions? Maybe because he's going to try more or put more in the He's going to take more chances than Jacoby, right? The biggest thing is is rushing yards. So it was down in the preseason. Now they are trying to get the passing game going. I don't see the I see the rushing staying the same. I just think Nick Chubb's going to have a better season because other guys won't be rushing as much. Nineteen touchdowns. It's very doable, but I don't think we'll be allowing twenty-two touchdowns rushing this year. I think there'll be more passing because people will have to pass against us because we won't be running as much. How did it, how did it change up a little bit? Last year, we only averaged 3.3. This year, 3.9. But during the regular season, if this makes sense, we allowed 4.7. So let's sit some guys down and not let as many rushing yards so we can get off the field, right? So what else do we got? Well, I mean, the other thing about uh, Goodwin and Moore is while they will help Nick Chubb and he should be able to get some more yards and help Watson run, also Njoku, Coop, and Tillman should help with completion percentages. They should be open more because the safeties can't crash down on these uh, on these, uh, these routes that they don't think that's going to happen, right? So basically what I'm saying is while Goodwin and Moore can run fast and open things up, they got to take defenders with them because they have to respect it. So Najoku, Coop, and Tillman should get some more balls. That should lead an uptick in QB rating, yards per average, and yards overall. And that's what I'm seeing in the preseason. So this should translate into more wins, but we'll see what happens. Last but not least, it was the kicker situation. Last year, Kate York was 35 of 37, for PATs, and he was 24-32 field goals for 75%. Uh, Dustin Hopkins was 12 for 12 on PATs, and he was 9 for 10. But if you look at it, you got to really extrapolate it, right? So I extrapolate a 17-game season. If Dustin Hopkins were to play, he probably would have attempted 40 PATs. His career average is 98, so he would have hit 38. So he still would have missed two, right? Not too far off the average of KUR. The big thing comes in is with the field goals. He probably would have went for about 34, sorry, he would have went for about 34 field goals, but he would have hit 29 instead of 24. And what did we get into? The first part of that season. Do you guys remember? We lost by one point. We lost by two points. We lost by three points three times. In one of those games, if we would have had any of those other field goals, which would have been five, so because he hits it at an 85 clip, he would have made 29 field goals. If we would have had five field goals in any of those games, how many games would we come ahead in? At least three. I say we probably would have beat the Jets, the Chargers, and the Falcons, right? That would have been 10 and six. There's the difference in the season. It's the kicking game is getting off the field. So that's tight. While I still think, I'll give you my actual 
how I feel, right? About this in a bit. But that those points, just those little amount of points, and and um Blake says it all the time. It's it's like a small differential that these these games get decided by. If we would have had these points last year, which I think we can get this year, we should at least have a better season. So the season's kicking off, but for me, that's it, guys. I hope you enjoyed the content. I think it's great to know, you know, what's happening uh, now, but it's also important to understand what happened in the past. I can't tell you what a great time I had. This is like the last episode this year. Look forward to all the weeks that I had a chance to do this. I hope you guys really liked it. I love the interaction with you guys, especially in the comments. I read everyone that I had a chance to. And I even had a chance to meet some of the guys out when I was out and about when I was in the land. So big shout out to Dustin Maxwell, his lovely wife, Devin. Uh, thanks for recognizing me at the Hall of Fame game. Uh, I had a blasting with Lance uh, in Canton at the Fatheads. Uh, he's from Dayton and he's the Browns, uh, Bengals, mixed family relationship. So have fun with that, man. Uh, also shout out to the Dogs Podcast for having me do this. Uh, in the off season, man. Well, it's great to hang out with you guys when I get down the land. I can't wait to hang out with you guys in this regular season. Um, so in case you guys missed it, uh, take a look at the throwback episodes. Uh, it started with uh, Eric Turner, Eric Metcalf, Jameer Miller, Dennis Northcutt, Clay Matthews. I uh, did the top 10 defensive lines of my lifetime. Hall of Famer, Joe Thomas, did Joe Hayden, Denzel Ward, and now this one. So, what do you think the guys, the Browns are going to do? I think I've said it before. I think it's everybody in this division, this conference, going to beat the crap out of each other. Reminds me of the 89 season. I think uh, that was the AFC Central time. So, I think uh, the Browns won the division 9-6-1. So, I think the Browns are going to go 10-6-1 and, and win the division. So, let's see what happens and let's go Brownies. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of The Dogs Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and follow us on Twitter at The Dogs Podcast. Get your thoughts on the show at thedogspodcast.com.